Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. I do want to just quickly, um, just to give a shout out because I've got a microphone and I can do what I want. Um, I'm joking. I want to give a shout out to my family, to my in-laws who are here, Pete Rose, Katya Jake, my friends Jay and uh, Daniel. I called him Joel today. I've known him five years. I've got his name wrong today. Can you believe that? You know someone for five years and you introduce them to someone else and you're like, hey, Darren, this is... Um, Joel. <laughs> He's like, I'm Daniel. Like, yeah, I've known him for five years. It's fine. And um, I'm sorry. That's your introduction, introduction to our church. Great. Awesome. So, strap yourselves in, because if you don't know who I am, I'm a short, little, power rocket, Italian fire preacher who loves Jesus. And um, I'm wrapping up a series on prayer. And we're excited because we've been hearing a lot about, you know, how God speaks to us and when we, you know, we can encounter God in, in our prayer life and how, how God is instant in our, like, receiving miracles, signs and wonders, all this. And, and it's, it's been fantastic. Who reckons this has been a great month on prayer and fasting? It's really awesome. Hey, just remember, tomorrow we kick off our fasting for a week. So eat as much as you can today because as of tomorrow, bum, bum. <laughs> um, it's great. My wife said, uh, what are you fasting for the week? I went, I'm just having water. She goes, well, that's shopping is easy. I went, that's great. <laughs> Bottled water. So has anyone ever prayed for something? Okay, cool. And then it come in a shape or form that you did not even think it was going to come in. Yeah. So like, I, um, if, I, I prayed for patience a lot because I'm Italian and with Italians, we need patience. Um, and I'm not going to mention any names because my mom's here today. So we, we need patience because we just need it. So I'm like, God, I'm praying for patience. I'm praying for patience. And I expect those goosebumps to come over me. Like, I expect to feel like the hibbity-jeebies. Like, ooh, I feel the patience. God has touched me. It's fantastic, right? But no, he doesn't do that. What he did, he decided six years ago to bring me a, a, a daughter called Lydia. And, and, and he said, you want patience? Here's your daughter, Lydia. And let's see how you go with the patience I've given you. Now, please, a reminder, do not say anything to my children about what I say on my servants, okay? They're in kids being blessed. So, but, you know, we pray for one thing and we get another. We live in an age of the now. Can I get an amen? We want everything presto, pronto, not four minutes. I want it in 20 seconds. A two-minute burger is not good enough. I want it now. And it's embedded in all we do. We have Insta film, Instagram, Insta this, Insta. We have an Insta life, and we want everything now. And no one likes to wait. And it's been conditioned in us from birth. You think about it. I've got a three-year-old daughter, and the moment she cries... Do you think we just let her cry? No, we go right up to her and we're like, what do you need? What do you want? I'll give it to you now, 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 now. And it's just like this now moment. And so our brains start to develop a pattern. Hang on a second. If I want something and I don't get it now, if I cry, mom and dad shows up and I get it. Oh, this is great. And so what happens? We mature. We become three. And then we like, daddy, can I have the phone, please? And I say, honey, not now, just wait. And do you think my beautiful daughter will go, yes, daddy, not a problem. I'll wait for your timing. Jesus is good. No, she goes, but I want it now, daddy. And I'm like, all right, stop talking. Here's the thing. Why? This is all your fault. This is your side of the family. I'm kidding. It's not your, it's, it's all my side. I take that on board, right? And we develop this thing and then we grow up. And we think we've outgrown this childish state of wanting things now, but we don't. Our behavior just changes. 
We still want it now. We're just a bit more mature about how we deal with it. Like, we don't want to wait our, like, wake up in the morning and our iPhones tell us that you have an update. And everyone just goes, Ugh, how long is this update? Ugh, 57 minutes. And all the Android people say, that's why we don't have an iPhone. Amen, amen, amen. Like, think about it. Amazon Prime. We want delivery now. I ordered it today. It's coming from Melbourne. I want it in three hours. Please fly it over to me because I want everything now, now, now. Kids, you don't even have to go to the shops to buy your PlayStation games anymore. If Jake wants a PlayStation game, right, no, no, he's an Xbox, so we'll use our Xbox because we love Xbox people too in this house. But if we want, if we want an Xbox game, well, Dad, I don't want to wait till tomorrow when you go to the shops. I'm just going to go on the Xbox Play Store and download it now and that's what we do but there's an issue here because we bring this culture of the world of having it now and we try and adapt it to our spiritual walk and there is a collision cause that takes place because God's kingdom operates completely different to how we've been wired our whole lives thank you see God's kingdom is so different there is um, in his world in his place, there is a part where waiting is a part of the process of what he has for you and I. God has designed waiting for a reason. And real quick, I want to show you a couple of people who waited for their prayers to be answered. Abraham. Abraham was promised a child through his wife who was old and barren. And, 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 he, and God gave him the word. And the Bible said he waited 25 years for that promise to come to pass. And the Bible says Abraham waited patiently and he received what God had promised. Some of us step ahead too much, too quickly to receive what God has. We actually miss the promise because we've made an Ishmael out of something that was meant to be an Isaac in our lives. David, he was anointed from from a child to be king, but he waited patiently. He waited patiently his whole life to be king because there was something happening in the patient, in the waiting. There was a process, there was a process that was taking place. Jesus, have you ever thought about this? He was 30 years old when he started his ministry. He, he was his son of God, walking the earth. Imagine him as a teenager, 20-year-old. I'm ready, Dad. Let me loose. I've got it. I've got it. Let me add it. He waited till he was 30 till God released him to do all that he was meant to do. There is something about the waiting. While the world makes every attempt to make our life better, but having it now, God works at a very different time frame. And we're reminded in the Psalms, it says, wait. Everybody say, wait. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. It says again, wait for the Lord. There is nothing wrong with the waiting. God is wanting to teach you and I something in this process. And if we rush it, we miss it. If you rush it, you miss it. So, in the waiting, I believe that what, one thing that takes place is there's a refiring fire within you. You, you. you sung the craziest song today. <laughs> I want to be consumed. I want to be trialed by fire. And sometimes in the waiting, there's a trialing of fire that's taking place in your heart. And it wants to persevere through into completion. If only you wait for God's best, not our want now. So as we wrap up this series, House of Prayer, we're going to talk about an interesting topic. We're going to talk about what happens when God doesn't answer your prayer right away. 
Now, let me just, from the outset, God answers prayers, 100%. We believe, do we believe that He's a God who answers prayers in this house? Amen, yeah? Does He answer it straight away? Yes, He does sometimes, but often He lets you wait. And it's in the waiting that God is doing something in us. So this morning, the title of my message, you've taken notes, is In the Waiting When God Seems Silent. When God seems silent, He seems silent, but He's forever talking. His Word is forever alive. He's always saying something. We don't want to make sure that we're tuned in to the right frequencies to hear what God is saying and not pull back when we think we don't hear anything in the silent. See, there's a purpose in the waiting. Who likes waiting in line? Oh, one person likes waiting in line. But we do it all the time, right? So we're at Queensland last year or the year before, and we're at, um, two years ago, we're at Movie World. And I said to my wife, hey, Judah and I are going to go on this ride. It's going to be fantastic. And she's like, oh, okay, cool, cool. And Judah's freaking out. This is like Splash Mountain kind of vibes. This huge thing's like, Pfft. and my son, now, you know what I love about my son? He's getting baptized today, and I'm so, so excited about it. But he's someone who will face his fears. He's like, daddy, I'm afraid, but I'm going to do it. I'm like, cool, I got you, buddy. And I'm excited. And I'm walking in. I'm like, oh my gosh, God is good. There's no line. How amazing is God? I walk through the doors and I see a queue of people. I'm like, oh, okay, God, what happened? And the guy goes, you got an hour wait. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? My boy doesn't want to do it. And then I stop and I go, you know what? I'm going to enjoy this hour. It's going to have fun with my kid. So we just started bonding. We started doing some things. We started, you know, talking about maths equations. Because that's what you do as a dad, right? You do maths equations and you figure out you're not good at maths. That's just what I learned from that experience. And then, like, we got to the end of the line. And I encouraged him so much that he was so ready to conquer his fear. He went on the ride. And we were, like, high-fiving and head Like, yeah, you're a champion. You did it. You know what? To this day, I don't remember the ride as much. But I remember the waiting. Because in the waiting, there was purpose. I made sure that I I was bonding with my boy. I was doing something productive instead of just waiting and complaining. And too often we miss out because we're complaining. So what do we do in the waiting? This is it. There's purpose in the waiting. The question is, are we willing to learn? Will your faith be strengthened in the waiting? Will it draw you closer to God or will it do the opposite? It all depends on what you do in the waiting. So point number one, in the waiting... It's an invitation to trust God fully. To trust God fully. Easy to say, easy to hear, hard to do. Anyone out there agree with me? Yeah. See, the call to wait on God is an invitation to trust and hope in Almighty God. It entails believing that one day, everybody say one day. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next week, but one day He will make all things good because that is the God that you serve, that He will bring about everything good to those who believe. I said it here in Romans 8, 28, and we know that in all things, everybody say all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purposes. God is working all things good for those who believe and who love Him. And this is an invitation to rediscover, maybe for the first or second or third time, rediscover this truth of His faithfulness and lean and learn to trust Him. Psalm 130 verse 5, the psalmist says this, I wait, everybody say wait. I get you guys talking a lot because I do a lot of talking. I want you to join in and catch it. I wait 
for the Lord. My whole being waits. And what? And in His Word, I will put my hope. What are you putting your hope in this morning? Are we putting our hope in that the New South Wales government are going to change restrictions later on? Are we putting our hope that this coronavirus one day won't affect me? What are we putting our hope in? Are we putting our hope in what the world has to offer? Or the Word of God itself that's unchanging forever the same truth? What you put your hope on will determine what the waiting period and outcome looks like. 100% truth. What you put your hope on will determine what the process and the period of waiting will look like. So what does it mean? Let's turn to John 4, 42. Flick to John 4. I feel like I'm one of those like American preachers who has to wipe every time they preach. For Father's Day, I want this embroidered with my name. Thanks, honey. John 4, 42. All right, let's read from 46. Once more he visited Cana, this is Jesus, in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick in Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Full stop. His son is dying, and he travels a whole day, because there are days distance by foot. So I don't know if he was in a horse, he was an official, but he travels to meet Jesus. So he's desperate. And the royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. dies. Another translation says he begged Jesus to come. Like, what would you do if your child was dying? You'd be on your knees begging, please, Jesus, do something. And this is what Jesus says. He doesn't say, yes, I'm coming. He doesn't say, yeah, I'm on my way. I've got my chariots. We're on our way. We've got the private jet. I'm there now. This is what Jesus says. He goes, unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you will never believe. And he says, so come down. And Jesus said, you may go. You may go. Your son will live. What would you do if you were that man? I traveled all this way, and now you're sending me and says, go. Your son will live. This, and this is what the Bible says. This is insane. He goes, the man took Jesus at his word and he departed. And then it continues. And as he continued home, someone, it said a servant met him. And, and, and when inquiring about his son, he said, the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. The father realized that was the exact same time Jesus said your son will live. So he went home and all his household believed in Jesus. Something happens in the waiting period. What do we have here? We have a desperation of a Roman man who's traveled a day. You've got to understand this. He's not a Jew. He doesn't read his Bible. He doesn't know. He's heard of. And, and, and in this culture, this Greco-Roman era, if I, was to, if I was a Roman, the way I would believe a magician or a miracle worker was to see it happen in front of my eyes now. How many times have we come to God and go, God, I need you to do it right now. Come do it in front of my face. Come appear. And Jesus says, go, your son will live. And I love this. He took Jesus at his word. Jesus is speaking to you. If the Bible said, I've given you peace, then you take the Bible at its word. If you're going through anxiety and says, do not be anxious, take the Bible at its word. If Jesus says, I've come that you have life and have it to the fullest, take the Bible at its word. This Bible is living, it's alive and active. We need to take it as it's said. 
We don't need anyone else's help sometimes. It is just you and him. He's given your word. You, you know what? It's great to get a word of knowledge from someone else. It's great. What about when that word never comes to me? You've got the word in you. It's living inside you. Take Jesus at his word. Amen. So in the waiting, what words will you choose to stand on? The word Whatever else is happening, we need to continue to align ourselves, not be moved, not be shaken from this word. You know, I'm a dad, as you know, bagged, bagged out my whole family almost, and um, I love them. I, I do love my kids, just so you know. This isn't a counseling session. Um, it'd be great, though. It'd be free. Um, I love them. But you know, as a dad, as parents, we worry about our kids, don't we, mum? <laughs> Even at 37 years age, you still worry about me. I'm okay. Leo's got me. We're good. I'm good. We worry, we worry, we worry. And can I just say something to any person who's worrying about a situation that may or may not happen? Worrying does absolutely nothing good about your situation. Actually, worry does the complete opposite effect. When you worry, we start taking things into our own hands and we start putting things in place that God never intended for you to put in place and we actually stuff up the very thing that we're actually believing for. So as a worried parent, I'm putting all these rules and regulations on my son or my daughter so they don't go astray and then they bite heads and God's no, I said, raise them in my way and they shall not depart. Trust me. Trust God means letting go of worry. You can't have both. You need to depart from worry and you need to full on hold on to trust in God. You can't have both this morning. So what does it say? Let's go to Matthew 6. Ah, good old old school Bible. Who uses phones anymore? <laughs> Not joking. <laughs> Therefore, Jesus has preached an incredible message, the Sermon on the Mount. Incredible, beautiful message of the Beatitudes is preached. And then he says, therefore, guys, do not worry. Do not worry about the life, about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, about your body, what you'll wear. Is life more important than food and the body more important than clothes, is it not? Look at the birds of the air that do not sow, reap, and store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you GGC Life? Put your name in there. Aren't you Darren? Aren't you Jake? Aren't you Mum? Aren't you Jason? Aren't you Daniel? Got your name right. See, aren't you more valuable than them? I think when we align our identity and we remind ourselves how valuable we are in the sight of Almighty God, it should cause us to a place and go, why would I worry when I remind myself of the value I have? He died for me. He didn't die for animals. He died for me, for my sin. How valuable are you to Him? And maybe for the first time you need to hear that He absolutely loves you, that He's got a plan for you, that He wants nothing but the best life for you. It doesn't mean troubles won't come. They will come. But Jesus says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. He's for you. When you realize that, ladies and gentlemen, friends, it causes you to be able to go to a place of ah, trust. He's got my back. He's got my back. And then it says, seek first his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom. And all these things, they're going to be given and added. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. It's so good. Philippians 4, 6. Everyone, everyone kind of knows this verse. If you don't, I'm going to read it. It says this, do not be anxious. You know what I love about the Word of God? It won't ever tell you to do something that you cannot do. 
Let me say it again. The Bible will never tell you to do something you cannot do. Unless you try and do it on your own, that's impossible. The best thing is we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. So when it says, do not be anxious, like how do I do it on my own strength? Jesus has given us all power and grace to be able to do this. So do not be anxious about anything. But, everybody say, but. The way I said it, but. You guys are very obedient. I love this church. (laughs) Jokes. No, you are. But by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. You won't even know how it's happening. You don't even know how you feel this peace. It will guard your hearts and it will guard your mind in Christ Jesus only when you don't be anxious and you give it to Him. There's got to be a part where we let go and we give to Him and then He guards you. He guards you with your heart. He guards your mind. It's incredible. There's this song that we sing. And, 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 and I absolutely love this song. And it's about a God who's working in the supernatural world when you don't see anything take place in the natural. You might be waiting. You're like, I don't see anything. I don't see what you're doing. And God's saying, you know what? I'm doing something in the supernatural. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Why? Because He never stops. He never stops working. He's a miracle working God. And sometimes we need a real Align ourselves with this truth and sing it. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop working. Why? Because He is Waymaker. He is our miracle worker. He is His Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light of the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You can trust your God. He will make a way where there is no way. Just like there was a Red Sea and the Israelites were about to die and Pharaoh came behind them. He made a way where there is no way. He leaves it to the last minute sometimes, but you need to trust in the waiting that God will always come through because he's faithful to his word. Amen. In the waiting, it's an opportunity to extend your faith beyond your circumstances. Whoo. When you trust God, when you, when you spend time with Him in your quiet place, and you let Him fill you, and you just, you know that moment, have you had that moment where you just like, I'm desperate, and I just lock myself in a room, and I just spend time with Jesus, and He just builds your faith. Maybe the right worship song's on, and you're listening to your favorite worship. Who, everyone has a favorite worship song? What's yours after three? One, two, three. I heard Jesus. Let's go with Jesus. And we put it on. And it felt like God is just speaking to you in that moment. You know, like there's nothing else, nothing else but you. I just want you. I just cry. What happens? He then starts to build my faith. He starts to enlarge my faith in the waiting in my secret place is where I'm refueled. It's where I come alive. It's where the Holy Spirit comes and He just empowers me for everything I need with the battles ahead. Some of us are running a little low on our petrol tank and we need to go back into our quiet place and be refueled by the Holy Spirit, and some of us need to do that today, and daily be refueled, be refueled by Jesus. What does it mean? It means to extend our faith 
It's to be strengthened in the season, waiting with eagerness for God to move. There's a, there's a, certain, there's a certain posture in our waiting. We can either wait like this, or we can wait like this, waiting for God to do and actually allow our faith to grow in the season of waiting. Why don't you turn to Matthew 17 as I turn. Is this helping anybody this morning? Encouraging you? Let's go to verse 14. It says he. In 1714, when they came down to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and he's suffering greatly and he often falls into the fire and into the water. Now, he probably wasn't saying it like that. He was probably saying, Jesus, help. My son is being thrown into the fire and the water. I need him to be healed. That's the desperation of a father right there. He says, I've brought them to your disciples, him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal. And then Jesus, feeling like he's annoyed with his disciples, oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I put up with you and stay with you? How long should I uh, be with you? Bring the boy to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out and the boy was healed. And the disciples came to Jesus in private going, hey, why couldn't we do that? Like, I don't want them to know I failed, but what, what's going on? And Jesus said, because you have so little faith, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing, everybody say nothing, will be impossible for you. Nothing's impossible for you. So here we go. We have Jesus here. Here's the truth. Jesus says all you need is faith the size of a mustard seed, the smallest seed known to man. Like he goes, you've got little faith. I don't want your little faith. I want mustard seed faith. And these guys are like, but I want great faith. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. You need mustard seed faith because there's a, there's a purpose to this. Before he goes and heals the demon, uh, heals the boy and rebukes the demon, we don't read the context, but he came down from an experience like no other. We're actually halfway through a chapter. The beginning of the chapter is the transfiguration where Jesus brings his disciples up. And he has a prayer party up on the mountains. And he's all of a sudden, in, um, his, his whole face, his whole body is transfigured, is transformed. And his disciples are seeing Moses and Elijah appear. And all of a sudden, God speaks from the clouds. And they're like transformed like, oh my gosh. Imagine having a mountaintop experience like that where God just comes comes and he just shows it and you know it's God. That would do anything to enlarge your faith, amen? But then they come down and these people haven't been, haven't experienced Jesus the way they should have been experienced. But I think, could it be that our faith itself has no power to it? Now, don't crucify me or throw stones at me, okay? I'm not a heretic. I'm not a, hear what I'm about to say. Our faith alone has no power. Faith alone has no power power. We make the mistake to think that power is in the faith. It's, it's not true. There's no power in wishful thinking. You know, when people go, oh, I, I'm, my thoughts are with you. It's a beautiful sentiment, but it means absolutely nothing. What does that do? Your thoughts won't do anything with me. Let you act on those thoughts and actually pray. There's no, there's no a power when you really, really hope and, and wish for something to happen. Oh, I wish it happens. There's no power in that. There's so many faiths in the world that have faith. There's so many religions, but there's no power. The power lies when your faith is connected to something like an all-powerful, ever-living God. Then you don't need great faith when your faith is size of a mustard seed is connected to the God of the universe, then miracles take place. Then you can see breakthroughs in your life. 
But we're taking our faith and connecting it to something that only we can do. Connect your little mustard seed faith with your all-powerful God. And that happens when you spend time with Him and you give it to Him. Then things take place in our world. Amen? There's a connection that's being made. And be on the lookout for what God does. I asked God for patience. What did I get? My beautiful daughter who I love so much. Israel asked God for a Savior. Uh, for, no, Israel asked God for a Messiah. They wanted a militant. God heard their prayer and gave them a Savior. But because they were anticipating a militant, they missed out on the prayer being answered because they didn't see what God is doing. You might be praying for something. I need this job because I need to be provided this way. And God's like, I don't want to give you this job. I want to do something else just to remind you who the provider is. And we completely miss it because our eyes aren't fixed on what He's doing. He's doing something in your life. Wait for it. Clean your ear onto him and go, God, what is it that you're doing? Oh, is that the miracle? I was expecting this, but I got something far greater. Mary and Martha wanted Jesus to come and heal their brother. Jesus rocks up late on purpose. And then they're like, he died. It's all your fault. What did you do? And then, and then Jesus, he, 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 he goes, this is, I didn't say what you think I said, by the way. And um, he raised her. He goes, he goes, God, trust me, you need to see something more. I'm going to show you resurrection power, not just healing power. And he raises Lazarus from the dead. What we need is resurrection power from Jesus. Don't miss what he's doing. Number three is this. In the waiting, when it's hard, in the hurting, because it's not the waiting's not easy. We, we can sing about it once we've gone through the miracle, but before you have a testimony, there's a test. We want both. <laughs> In the waiting, he's inviting you to take a journey to experience his goodness. The goodness of God. In your hurting, in your waiting, in your disappointment, in your pain, in your doubts. Where you are right now, if anyone is feeling disappointed, hurt, anything, right where you are, he wants to meet you just as you are. So you can experience his ultimate goodness. He's so good. Like Thomas, we call him Doubting Thomas. But in his doubting, Jesus met him so he could experience truth. And sometimes our way back to God isn't all smooth sailing. It's not. It's not sunshine, lollipops, and rainbow, da-da-da. It's not. Let's be real. Sometimes we're not on the rainbow road. Sometimes... It's more like a minefield. You wake up out of bed, and you think it's going to be a great day, and then kaboom! What the heck? Wrong side of the bed. Let's go on the other side. A kaboom! And you're like, what the? What's going on? I thought it was all smooth sailing. I'm on the straight and narrow. Yeah, but sometimes it's a little bumpy. And it's okay to be in the minefield as long as it's on the way to restoring your faith with Jesus. Sometimes it won't be easy, but He's inviting you to take your very first step to be real with God. Are you afraid to be real with God? He knows your hearts. He knows your thoughts. He just wants a relationship. There's a man in the Bible. His name is Habakkuk. Say Habakkuk. All right. Whoever's having a baby next, please, if it's a boy. Habakkuk. Hey, Stan, if you were too late to change your baby's name, Malachi to Habakkuk. 
Leon, Habakkuk. Habakkuk writes this, Oh Lord, this is the very first chapter of the book. How long shall I cry and will you not hear? Don't ever do Bible, Russian roulette and land on that verse. Even cry out to you that there's violence and you will not save? Why do you show me these troubles and you do nothing? He's real, he's raw. God's a big boy, he can handle this stuff, right? He's real. Because he's, he's, he's a prophet. And, and, and Israel is under capture by the Babylonians and they're, they're getting slaughtered and it's not good. God replies. You know, God does reply. But Christine, sometimes he doesn't reply the answer we want him to reply. Isn't it like, you know, you've prayed something? You're, God, I want, a, I want a word from you. Okay, read this. And you're like, oh, no, that's not what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear this. What are you doing up there? Do you not know how to do your job? And God's like, I know what you need. Just trust me. And he tells Habakkuk, he goes, hey, I'm going to rise up the Babylonians. He's like, no, I want you to kill the Babylonians. Why are you making them go? What are you doing? I've got a plan. You don't understand. My ways are high. My ways are better. Trust me. Receive my goodness. Trust me in what I'm doing. And at the end of the chapter, that whole book, he says this. He ends with this. Yet I wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. See, the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines. Though the olive crop fails, the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, the cattle in the stores, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in my God, my Savior. My sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like a feet of a deer, enables me to tread on the heights. In the waiting, when you don't know what's going on, experience His goodness. Be real with raw and then make sure that your, that, that, that your language of honor goes back. But God, I will still worship you. I will still believe in you. It takes, let me read this quote from a book. What if drawing closer to God, developing genuine intimacy with Him requires you to bear something that feels unbearable? To hear through an ominous utterance, to trust Him in the moment of doom, to embrace His strength when you're weak with a burden. Church, what if it takes real pain to experience deep and abiding hope? Will you take the journey? He's a good, good Father. And see, sometimes we're overwhelmed with the struggles of life. Henry Blackaby says that there's a crisis of belief that takes place. And that is a season of struggling and doubting God's goodness in your life. Because you know up here He's good. You are good. oh. But in here, it's a different story. Maybe you're worried that the cancer will return. That you're worried that your child's going to rebel. Maybe you're worried about the sickness. Maybe you're hurting because of a broken relationship. You've lost a family member. Maybe, maybe like me, many years ago, you were abused and it's hard to go through. And you're like, where are you, God? I feel like you're not good. I want to take you on a journey to remind you that He is good. His love and His faithfulness endures forever. Despite what happens here on earth, God has prepared a place for you in heaven. 
there is an eternal, <laughs> there's an eternity of heaven to be with Him. He is good in the now as well. In the moments, in those moments, you can experience the real love and power of Jesus, not just in the mountaintops, but when Psalm 23 says this, in the valley of the shadow of death. What does it say? Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. Even when I don't see it, He's working. Even if I don't feel it, He's working. He's never stopped. He's never going to stop. He's always going to continue. And I'm inviting you on a journey to experience His love and His goodness because you don't just need a mountaintop experience. Sometimes you need a valley low traveling season through to realize that He's good in the good times and He's good in the bad times. He's faithful to the core. And you know that valley? They don't last forever. They don't last forever. There is the promised land ahead of the wilderness experience if we continue waiting. Amen. Why don't we just stand and worship Jesus? If you're, we're just going to, we're going to worship. Fix your eyes on Him right now. And whatever you're going through, in your waiting for that breakthrough, you're waiting right now for chains to be released. You're waiting right now for that, for that miracle to be answered. This is when we sing, wait and declare that He is good. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.